0: Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Okay, there we go. Good morning, everybody. Hey, thank you for braving this weather. But man, God gave us a little blessing in the middle of that. Was worship just amazing? I love that. That is, oh man, my I was up here in the front row and just rejoicing in just uh, the Spirit giving us a word, um, and then Janelle being led to just do the prayer time with one another. It's this is the kind of thing that man, I'm so excited about because not every service is gonna have that element in it, but when the Holy Spirit wants to move that way, man, we wanna be open for that and allow for that breathing and that room for him to do that. And um, that was good. He is good and that was good. And so I just just enjoyed that, so it was so good. Hey, I wanna give you a quick update on Pastor Rob. He had surgery on Friday. Um, As most of you know, he had a little accident with a table saw and went through actually three of his fingers. and they stitched him up, um, but then uh, he went to a hand, uh, he wasn't getting any feeling back to the tip of his finger, so he went to a hand surgeon, and uh, they said, yeah, we need to do surgery, so they went in there, um, and uh, for a couple hours had to do some just tendon work, uh, some work on the veins and artery in there, The uh, um, the nerve. Thank you. Thank you. I was thinking, what's the word I want? Uh, he had some nerve damage. Um, and so they were able, I mean, modern, I mean, the miracle of modern medicine is amazing that they can even go do that and fix a hand up that way. Um, but the doctor actually said there was grease from the saw blade that was still in, in his finger. Uh, and so they were able to clean that up. I said, are you sure? Are you sure just Rob's not creating his own grease? Um, I, I don't know but uh, but he is doing well he's recovering uh, as you can imagine so he, the surgery was Friday and they did a nerve block for the entire arm we, Kim and I went and saw him Friday night and uh, he couldn't even move his arm at all and in the middle of the night all of a sudden they'd started to wear off and it was like oh my hand is here i had and uh, uh but he's he's doing well uh, we made a good decision switching messages he spoke last week and and i was going to do that but we flip-flopped because there's just no way he would be able to to be able to give a, a word this weekend so uh i'm going to continue the series uh the four pillars which is talking about uh the the four things that this church shine church is going to be built on uh engagement Uh, identifying who we are and how God sees us, empowerment and multiplication. We're working backwards though, started with the end in mind and kind of getting closer to the first pillar actually. But today we're doing the second message on identity or identify um, and really want you to understand who you are in Him, in Christ and how God sees you. And so before I jump in, let's go ahead and pray and ask God to speak to all of us. So Heavenly Father, we come before you right now and Lord, I pray that you would um, increase in me that I would decrease and that the words that come out of my mouth would be directly from your heart and as I speak them I pray that it would go into every mind and every spirit and God that you would encourage us that you would uplift us that you would help us to understand how you see us what is the identity that you want us to embrace and understand and so Lord we thank you that you Um, have a purpose and a plan for each one of us individually and corporately as a body. God, you want us to truly understand who we are in you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would reveal a little bit more to each person listening to me. And we thank you for these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. All right, well, this week I'm going to be talking, like I said, on identity. And I want to define identity first. Um, I'm going to come down here because everybody sat way back here. (laughs) Um, we might as well just take these first two, no, the first row off here. John, how's it going, but all right, here we go. All right. Identity defined. If you look it up in the dictionary, this is what it says. The fact of being who or what a person or a thing is. The fact of being who you are. The fact of being of who you are. Then there's a second portion of the definition. It says this, the characteristics determining who or what a person or thing is. The characteristics that determine who you are. So it is the fact of who you are being and then the characteristics of who you are that make you up the identity of who you are. Does that make sense? And this is such an important part to um, to us as a church that, like I said, we we're making it one of the pillars. And we put a little tagline under in there uh, under identify, and it says this: We want you to know who you are. Hey, we live in a world where this is very confused. Yes, man, we have gender identification issues. We have people that are working and and trying to do everything they can just to try to figure out who they are in this place why are they here there are people listening to me right now that are wondering why am I here what am I doing is this just one big accident that I got you know that I'm here on this planet and I got to live my so many years and then I pass away and then it's over What's, what's it all mean? And I think when you begin to understand your identity, those questions actually get cleared up. And so we want you to understand or know who you are. And then um, we wrote this little definition. It's our definition for, for identity. And it's this. If you understand who you are in Christ and how God sees you, you will be set free to live from God's favor. When you understand who you are in Christ and how he sees you, it begins to open up a freedom in you to live the life that God created for you to live. And I think that's what we all desire. There's a piece of all of us that that we wanna go through life and we wanna love life and we wanna live life and we want to have a good life and understand why we're here. And I believe that a lot of this is wrapped up in identity. If you know who you are, then you can then go live the life that God created you to live. And so we want you to truly know who you are. And so I'm gonna open up with a question here. Um, When it comes to the subject of identity, when we're talking about this, if you're a parent, I'm sure you've had this thought. If you're a grandparent, I know that you've had this thought because you want this for your grandkids. Parents want this for the kids. And if you haven't had kids yet, this is one of the things that I promise you, you're going to want your kids to understand. And that is this, you want them to know who they are, yes? And so what are some of the things as a parent or a grandparent that you want your kids or grandkids to understand about who they are? Help me out. What do you want them to know? God loves them. Okay, you want your kid, you want your grandkids to know that God loves them. Absolutely. What else do you want to know? That they're valuable. What do you mean by that? That their life on earth means something. How many parents want your kids to know that their life means something? Yes? Yes yeah okay like half the parents in here okay now i know what's going on no absolutely it's a great one what else that their acceptance isn't determined by their actions okay yes or no hey i know that my kids make mistakes um but yet you know what i still accept them i still love them i still care for them um, it doesn't mean that I might not correct them or have, there might be some boundary issues in there, but I do want them to know that they're un- unconditionally loved and accepted. They're a part of my family, absolutely. What else do you want your kids to understand? That they're truly a child of God. That God has a plan for their life. What else? That they can have a relationship with God. How about this? That they can have a relationship with you. Don't you want your kids, especially when they become teenagers, to talk to you? To bring the things they struggle? Don't you want them to have that understanding that they can bring anything to you? I know as a parent, I wanted my kids. I want my kids to have that. I want them to understand that no matter what they're going through, they can bring these things to us. Now, we as parents and grandparents, we totally understand this we get this idea. And what I want you to understand is that we have a heavenly father that wants you to know this too. He's not the gray haired, gray beard, austere, angry God. Pastor John taught me that many, many years ago, that if God wanted to get you, if he was angry at you and he wanted to get you, you'd be got. We wouldn't be sitting here today. The fact that we are actually here means that we have a loving God that actually is very caring and he actually wants us to understand who we are. It's his greatest. Now think about this. If we who are sinners want our kids to understand these things, how much more does our heavenly father want us to understand these things? And yet we struggle in this, don't we? We clearly do because we live in a world that just doesn't know their identity. And this is so important to the foundation and to the um, strength of this church, in my opinion. We've got to understand who we are in Christ and how Christ sees us in order to then be empowered to do the things that he has for us to do and ultimately to multiply, to reproduce ourselves. We have to get this understanding. So if you wanna follow along with the notes, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but um, bible.com, the U-version app, um, on your phone. Uh, we put the notes on there every week and you can follow along if you want. Um, I put in my notes um, this. are two understandings I want you to understand. Two understandings that I want you to understand. DJ likes that. I, he's probably going to tell me gram- grammatically how terrible that was, but uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, It's funny, because as I was preparing this message, um, I was reading through Proverbs. I decided to read one proverb um, a day. You know, there's 31 Proverbs, 31 days in October. I was like, okay, I'm gonna gonna pick that discipline up again during my reading this month. And so in the very beginning, it actually talks about how uh, valuable understanding is. I mean, there's actually one of the verses that says, I would give up all my riches to get understanding. And so I thought, man, isn't that so true? And when it comes to identity, man, they we need to understand these things. Not only do we need to understand them, but we need to pull them in and we need to embrace them and believe them. And so our foundational scripture for this pillar is found in um, Second <clears throat> Peter. Let me pull to it. Wrong. If you got your Bible, the Bible's a good place to bring it to church, by the way. Sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter two, verses nine and 10. And it says this, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Two understandings that I want you to understand. The first understanding is this, that your identity, a portion of your identity, is founded in the body of Christ. A portion of who you are is sitting in this room right now. And what I mean by that is this, we are going to call our identity out of one another as we live life together it's why it's so important to be in relationship with other believers because other believers pull out of you the things that God has put in you there are things that are in you that come by nature that are just second nature to you that you don't even realize you're gifted or have the ability or talent in and people will see those things and call those things out of you and all of a sudden you begin to realize oh wow, I do have that in me that is who I am church you do know that your identity is not where you work you, you do know that, right? You do know that, right? I don't know what it is about uh, this society that we're in, but if you ask somebody, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's the first thing they're going to talk about? What they do. What they do. Church, I want you to understand, identity has, um, the, the starting, the foundation, the understanding of who you are has nothing to do with what you do. It's who you are and because of who you are, yeah, you do certain things, but I want you to understand it has to be started there. You have to understand that. And in this um, foundational scripture, I want you to listen to these words again, but you are a chosen people. Uh, Here's what I want you to understand. That word you there isn't singular, it's plural. So when I'm reading this to you, I don't want you to read it or hear it from an individual standpoint. I want you to hear it from a corporate standpoint. So let me read it again. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I want you to understand, and I don't have much time to develop this because I want to get into the second part of the message, um, but I want you to understand that we as a body of Christ, as a family, we have to have the understanding that our identity, portions of who we are, are found in this room right here. It's why the disciples, when they went to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, say these words. And he said, our father who art in heaven, Isn't it interesting? Have you ever thought about this? He didn't teach them and tell them to start by saying, my father who art in heaven. He wanted us to understand that he's our father and there's a wealth of wisdom. There's a wealth of understanding right here for one another. In Ephesians, and I'm gonna talk more about this next week, um, but in Ephesians, it actually says this, Paul is praying for the church and in portion of the prayer that he says, I pray that you would understand the riches of your inheritance, your glorious inheritance in the saints. That you're, okay, so real quick. When I say the word inheritance, what do you think of? Money, okay, what else? What? Property, money, property, okay, what else? Something that's passed down to you, identity? Something of value passed down to you. Anything else? Huh? DNA. DNA. Oh, I love it. A good one. Somebody died for you to get it. Oh, that's good. See some uh, practical ap- applications to that? Something you get because of your relationship. Something you get because of your relationship you have. That's good. Something you didn't earn. Okay, all of these things are true about inheritance. Now I want you to pick this up. Your glorious inheritance in the saints. Your inheritance, all those things that we just talked about is sitting in this room. There's a piece of your inheritance in every person in here. You have some of my inheritance. And so therefore, it's very important for me to get to know you because you have a piece of I, my identity. As I begin to understand that, and I'm going to, again, I'm gonna talk more about that next week as we go to the engaged pillar. I'm gonna talk about engaging with one another and I wanna unpack that a little bit more next week. So uh, just a little, uh, throwing it out. Come, come back, come back. Um, so understand, I, I want this to be a church where we get that not only are we gonna find our identity in relationship with one another, but God has put me in this place to actually help other people discover their identity. I, my prayer, my prayer for Shine Church is that, that we would be a place where people are calling things out of other people inside of the body. That during the greeting time, during the worship time, in moments where we have this, that you can come alongside people and just start to encourage them in the giftings that you see in them. Because if you will do that, that'll help them to understand who they are and how God sees them. Because sometimes I think we I I, you know we have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy this, doesn't he? He wants to take this identity away. And yet we can help one another. You know, the Bible says as iron sharpens iron, another man sharpens another man's countenance. Why? Because we're sharpening our identity. We're helping establish that. In the corporate sense. Okay, uh, again, I don't, I, I've got more stuff that I want to get into. So, all right, two things I want you to understand. First one, a portion of our identity is found in the body of Christ. Number two is this, understand that we inherit family characteristics. Understand that we inherit family characteristics. Now, um, I want to pick up, I'm going to read several of the sections of scripture right now because I want you to understand um, what the Word of God is saying about this, okay? I think it's very important that this isn't just my opinion, that this just isn't the thoughts of Dan DeMay, but this is actually coming from scripture. So I'm gonna read uh, several scripture here and then I will unpack that. Um, the first one I wanna read to you is in uh, John chapter three. Uh, there's a man named Nicodemus, he's a Pharisee, and he, um, he comes to Jesus at night okay? Because he's intrigued. All these other Pharisees are you know, wanting to stone Jesus and kill him. But this Pharisee, Nicodemus is, is intrigued by what's going on. So he goes to Jesus at night and he basically says, hey, what, uh, you know, what do we need to do to, to grab a hold of the kingdom of God? And verse three, Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, Nicodemus took this as probably, uh, I mean, put yourself in his shoes. What are you talking about? Born again? And so he actually asked Jesus, are you expecting me to go back into my mother's womb? This is a grown man. And he's, I mean, just think about the impossibility. But that's his thought. He he just did not comprehend what Jesus was saying. And so then we pick up in verse 5. Um, and it says this, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Okay, I need to make sure that everybody understands. Uh, Sometimes we use these Christianese terms and not everybody's on the same page. But one of the things that Christians will say a lot of times is, hey, uh, are you born again? Or I've become born again. What are they saying? What they're saying is, I understand that flesh gives birth to flesh because that's why I'm here. Yes? Okay, Um, and now I've come to a revelation and an understanding that there's also a spiritual birth. And so... Uh, what we teach, is in, teach in church is that um, Jesus died for our sins. Rob did an incredible job talking about that. If you didn't listen to that, go to Facebook, listen to his message from last week, because he did an incredible job of what happens, explaining what happens in the spiritual, um, in our in our lives when we ask Jesus into our heart. But that whole process, uh, the Bible refers to as becoming born again. So then what happens when we become born again? Well, Paul teaches us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, he says this, that God sets his seal of ownership on us and he puts a spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And so when we profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we say, okay, yes, I want to become born again, I want to ask him and invite him into my life, Um, we become born again and the Holy Spirit is set into our hearts, into our lives. Now, I said this a couple weeks ago, but let me just ask you real quick again, how much of the Holy Spirit do we get? All of it. All of Him. We get all of Him. And it says that it's a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So I want you to understand, Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can know what is to come, so that we can know who we are, so that we can understand the things of God. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit in our lives. A little bit later in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Right. Okay, so I want you to get this. When we come to Jesus Christ and say, God, I recognize that you died for my sins and we invite him into our heart. The Holy Spirit is given to us. And at that moment, we become a new creation. We're born again. That's the process. We're born again. You know, this Friday I had the opportunity. It was amazing. Uh, I had a couple that I did their wedding for five years ago. And one of the things, it was one of these uh, Three Trees Thumbtack weddings that DJ and I do. Didn't know them from Adam before the wedding. Do the wedding. I always tell the couples afterwards, hey, listen, if you ever run into hard times, would you please call me? Because I wanna help you. I don't have all the answers, but I feel like I have some tools. Well, two months later, they called me. And so my wife and I went to their house and we prayed for them, we prayed over them. They actually started coming to church. And they just started getting radically on fire for the Lord. So this Friday was their fifth year anniversary. And they called me and said, we wanna get baptized. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, It's freezing cold outside, where are we gonna do that? And so we're trying to contact, and he decides, let's go to Chatfield. (laughs) So we went to Chatfield. Now, thank God it was 65 degrees on Friday. In the middle of all these cold spells, they've been on a warm day, but that water was freezing cold. But here's the good news: I got to tell them, hey, listen, I know you've been walking with the Lord for a while, and you believe that He's your Lord and Savior. But I want you to understand, man, Pastor Rob did such a great job that when you get baptized and you go under that water, you are dying with Christ. And because Christ died, we died. But when you come out, you are become you've become a new creation. And I think when it comes to identity, church, we have to first and foremost understand that we are new. We're born again. Think about how precious a little newborn child is. People wanna grab them and smell their heads. You know, uh, that's the picture I want you to get when you become spiritually born again. There's a newness to it. There's a new life. And I want you to understand that God Our heavenly father wants us to embrace this new life. He wants us to walk from this life. He wants us to live from this new life. Okay. When you are born into your family, your physical family, here's what happens. You inherit, inherit, sorry, you inherit Certain family characteristics, yes? And think about that. I mean, just again, from the flesh gives birth to flesh. I was born in the DeMay household. Uh, my father's name is Richard DeMay. My mother's name was Phyllis DeMay. And they're both good looking, and this is what I got. I'm just telling you. I mean, just just inherited these things, right? I joke about that, but here's the truth. There's certain things that my family does that I've noticed that all four siblings do. Um, Simple things like the amount of salt that we put on our food. Believe this or not, the doctor actually told my dad that he needs to use more salt. Just, and that's how our family lives. We're like, more salt, please, more. There's just certain characteristics that, that, that we obtain. You know what's interesting? Is that Kim grew up in the White family. And there's certain characteristics in their family. You know, they're all very creative. They all love to build things. Her dad's a contractor. Her mom builds these cakes and, I I mean, builds these um, baked creations that are unbelievable. And then both Kim and Amy, man, they they love to decorate and build things. They even have a building for that. That is in the DNA of their family. You know, it's interesting when you put two families together, all of a sudden those characteristics start to, bump heads sometimes, don't they? Early on in our marriage, we will never forget. My family was very friend-oriented. We had people living on our house all of the time. Strangers would live in our house for years. This is just how my parents were. Kim's family was very family-oriented. They didn't even understand going and hanging out with... They'd have... they we'd be like, hey, we're gonna go hang out with the friends and like, why don't you just have their friends come over here? I No, no, we don't want you to leave. I And it created some tension between us because of the different characteristics in our family. We all inherit different characteristics. Help me out. What are some of the characteristics that you inherited growing up in your family? Sense of humor. Your family, everybody's just kind of funny and love that. Absolutely. Some families are incredibly serious. Yes, others. And I mean, you can't get anything serious from them. I, you know, what else? What other family characteristics do you grow? Yes. Huh? Holiday traditions. Yeah, absolutely. Certain things that you just inherit because this is how it was. And talk about something that can pound. When, I mean, when you get married, wow. Yeah, you have two different, never mind, I won't go in there. I don't have enough time for that. That's marriage counseling right there. But uh, other other family characteristics did you grow up? Yeah. Helping others, service. There's some families that just have a heart. Hey, this is what we do. We're going to come alongside and we're going to help people because this is what, fill in your last name, this is what we do. This is who we are. What else? Yes. Buy things, fix them up, and resell them. And And what do the two of you do? (laughs) They buy things, they fix them up, and they sell them. It's interesting how that happens. What else? (laughs) What? Faith in God? Right, okay, absolutely. Belief systems, yes? Belief systems uh, are inherited in in a family. And and sometimes those belief systems are very hard to break through and um, to get to the truth of Jesus Christ in there. What are you coughing about over here? I'm nominating somebody else for theater. Oh, yeah, this whole entire family. <laughs> yes, very theatrical. Um, very incredible on that. So we understand this again from the flesh gives birth to flesh, don't we? And yet I want you to take away today that when you became born again, you were born into a new family. And because of that, there are certain characteristics that you get just because you're in that family now. And I would propose to you that the more you understand these characteristics, the more secure in your identity you will be. Get that. The more secure you are in these characteristics, the stronger in identity you will be. Okay, so two things um, that I want you, to understand about (laughs) the two things that I want you to understand in regards to identity. And now in regards to the family characteristics, there's two things I want you to understand and take home with you. And the first one is this, the Holy Spirit helps us understand our relationship with our Father. Okay, the Holy Spirit's deposited into us. And the number one reason that we were given the Holy Spirit is so that we could have relationship with our daddy. And I know for some of you, you don't comprehend that. Maybe you didn't have a good upbringing. Maybe you have a bad picture of what a father looks like. Um, But I want you to understand that our heavenly father is the perfect dad. And he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could have relationship with him, a healthy, good, strong, understanding relationship with him the songs that we sing that he will never let us down we have a father that will never lead us down L- leave us down Le- let us down my gosh he will never let us down we have a father that is good he is good all the time do you believe that in the middle of the hardest trial do you believe that because you know why i believe identity gets confused is because we don't believe that And when we don't believe that about our Father, we start to question about us because we were created by Him. Oh, get that good, get that, understand that. Because the second we don't think God is good, the second that we do think He's gonna let us down, then man, we begin to get insecure in who we are. So the Holy Spirit wants us to understand who our Father is. Let me read a few scriptures, Ephesians 2.18. New Living Translation says, now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because what Christ has done for us. Interesting. It doesn't say because of anything you do. Because of what Christ has done for you, you can have access to our Father. It's what sets Christianity apart from all the other belief systems. Because all the other belief systems, you have to do certain things to get to certain levels, to obtain... whatever level you're trying to achieve. But with Christianity, it's solely about what Christ did. You have access to the Father because of what Jesus did on the cross. John 1, 12, yet to all who did receive him, who's the him? Jesus. To those who believed in his name, Jesus's name, he gave the right to become children of God. When is the last time that you woke up, looked at the mirror and went, I'm a son of the King of Kings. I'm a daughter of the most high I'm telling you practice that start doing that in the morning wake up in the morning look at yourself in the mirror and go I am a daughter of God I'm the son of the king of kings lord of lords you're going to stand taller you be like I don't care you know what with this understanding I don't care what's against me I can overcome all things that's who you are it's who you are we're talking about identity here. You got to grasp this, that you have the right to be a child of God. And when you get this, man, it doesn't matter what anybody says around you. You go, listen, I'm a son of God. It doesn't matter what you say, I know who I am. And you know what? It doesn't have anything to do with what I do at work. It starts way before that. Ephesians 1.5, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Okay, um, you might have this mentality. Well, God had to do this in my case. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that it was his pleasure and will to adopt you as his children. So not only do you have a right, but it was God's great joy. It was Jesus's pleasure to go through what he did so that you could have this understanding Are you walking in it? Do you believe it? Because our heavenly father wants you to get this in the same way that you would want your kids to understand who they are. That's how our heavenly father is. I believe he's in heaven right now. Oh, church, get this. Understand this. You have the right to be my child. I've adopted you and it was my great pleasure to do so. And I think the Holy Spirit in us every day is screaming that out. The question is, will you listen to it? Are you listening to what the world is saying? In that scripture earlier, it says, we no longer view people in a worldly view. Oh, but yes, that's the way we do it, isn't it? One of the first things that should change when we become, become born again, is that we see people in a different light because we're letting the Spirit lead us, not our flesh. But when that guy cuts you off when you're driving down the road, oh, how hard is it to do that? It's hard for me. I don't know about you guys. Romans 8, 14 says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. So there it is again. Again, I'm reading a ton of scripture because I want you to get this. The heavenly father wants you to get this. Our daddy wants you to understand this. He didn't just say it one time, but he said it over and over. There's several different verses that say, you are his kid, you are his child. And listen to what it goes on into in this one. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. So there it is again. And by him, we cry, Abba Father, which means basically daddy. You know what in worship, I know sometimes people get uh, a little weirded out by people raising hands, um, but do you know what we're basically saying is, daddy, I love you. Think about what a kid does when they run up to daddy, 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 And I know that's funny, especially for guys. You're like, oh, this is weird. I, but listen, this is your dad. And it says, Jesus says that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they have childlike faith. Hey, when we go to worship, have childlike faith, go to him. Even if you're struggling, even if you're not maybe fully believing that he is good, you know what, God, you're good and I'm coming to you. For some of you during worship that maybe have never raised their hand, just try it one time. You might sense this freedom. Oh, okay. Because our daddy never lets us down and he picks us up right there where we're at. And we have the right Because of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have the right to proclaim that, to claim it, to call it out. And we cry to Him, Abba Father, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. There it is again, we are His children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We are heirs of the kingdom of God, church. You wanna know who you are? You are a child of God that has every right to the inheritance and the heirship of the kingdom of God. Do you think about that in the morning? You should. Man, we totally get this from a flesh to flesh. Man, we we have an understanding of royalty. I mean, we don't even have a king and queen and prince and all that, but we know England does, and we understand that. And if the Prince of England walked in here, we'd do something special. I'm not sure what, but we would do something special because we understand that there's an authority to his life, that he's got a, just a position. And guess what? Each one of us has that position in the kingdom of God. You wanna know who you are? You're royalty. The foundational scripture says you're royalty. You're royal priests. And that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we would understand these things. It's interesting because when it comes to the father, we kind of comprehend and we get God, our father, totally understand that. When we think about Jesus Christ, we go, okay, he died for us, totally get that. He gave his life so that we could have a relationship, you know, so we could have salvation. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we don't realize the role that he has in our life. And so I think a lot of times, and I know this is gonna be a little semantical, maybe just mixing words, but here's what I want you to understand. I think sometimes we go after the father and we go after the son to try to find out who we are, when the truth is the Holy Spirit inside of us is telling us every single day. And we're seeking for an answer when we just need to turn to Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, who am I? And let him begin to reveal himself through the word. These verses I'm reading, church, I want you to know we need to believe them. We need to pull them in because they are the things of our family. And so which family do you wanna live in? The family of the flesh or the family of the spirit? I choose spirit, but man, it's a hard choice. We battle every single day in regards to this, but grab a hold and understand that God wants you to understand that your identity is not wrapped up in what you do. It's not wrapped up in that 40 hour, 50 hour, 60 hour job. It's not wrapped up even in um, parenting your, your kids. Though that's an important thing without a doubt. Your identity is based on these words right here. And he wants you to understand, embrace and believe them because when you do, that's when abundant life starts to happen. And so Holy Spirit is given to us to understand how we can have that relationship with the Father so that he can reveal to us who we are And then the second thing I want you to get on that is this, that the Holy Spirit helps us understand our family characteristics. Okay, so if we are born again and we inherit certain family characteristics, Jesus said, you must be born of spirit. You must be born again. And so we call upon the name of Jesus. We are born again. And so therefore we enter into a new family. There's a big C corporate church family. And then there's the local shine family. Welcome to your family. Okay, this is the group of people that we need to do life with. We need to pull the identity things out of one another. We need to share with one another how we see God moving in one another's lives. Um, And when we're doing that is we're beginning to reveal to one another what the characteristics of this family are. Now, there are characteristics that we all have, and then there are individual characteristics. Now, I'm not gonna get into all the little individual characteristics, but as a body, what are some of the characteristics that you inherit being born into the family of God? Help me out. Compassion. That's a good one. Unity, love for others. These are characteristics of this new family. And I want you to understand that if you're not walking in compassion, love for others, what what did you say, Doug? Unity. Unity. Right, unity? Okay, when you're not walking in those things, then maybe you're living from the inheritance of the flesh. These are indicators. I truly believe that God gives us little indicator lights, not only in our car, so we know when we get gas, but even spiritually for our personal lives. And we can pay attention to those little indicator lights. What are other characteristics of the family? Joy, absolutely. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Man, that's a characteristic of the family. If you don't have joy right now, I, I know James, I mean, it's one of those verses that we don't like, but James says, hey, in any kind of trial, consider it pure joy. What? That's no fun. But yet, that's a good litmus test to whether you're living by the Spirit or from the flesh. In the born-again family characteristics or the flesh characteristics. What else? Other characteristics. Discernment. Go into that a little bit. What do you mean? Being able to see when something might be off and be able to maybe even call that out for other people. Oh, I love that. That's a characteristic that we have as the body of Christ. We can help others see when they're off and others can see and help us to know when we're off. We need each other man, do not forget that we need each other. Because I think what the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to isolate us because he knows this, if he can get us to be a generation and a society of complete isolation, we will lose our identity. Yes, to pray for everybody. There's something in all of us in, in, that we inherit that has a desire to pray it's very good love it yes encouragement instead of a world of bullying one another how about encouraging one another yeah absolutely hey i i would love it man it would be a huge win for me if this church would just be known man when i go in there i feel so encouraged Man, you know what church should be about? It's not about um like learning about encouragement it should be a celebration of all the encouraging that has gone on throughout the week. And we should come in and go, oh man, I want to encourage you in what I heard you do or oh, what I saw you do, or I mean, man, let's let's be that place. The ability to forgive. Ooh, the ability to forgive. You know what? In a world that is uh fleshly oriented, forgiveness is one of the things that just doesn't happen much. And yet, when we become born again, we're born into a family where forgiveness is part of our characteristic. How you doing? How you doing? You may need to reconcile something today. Man, let it go. Because you're born into a new family and that life comes from forgiveness. I've heard it taught that if you hold on to unforgiveness, it doesn't hurt the other person, it hurts you. It eats at you. The other person doesn't even know it's eating you, but it's just eating you. Man, forgive and let that go. Other characters, yes. S- support and reliance on one another. Is that? Yep, fellowship. That's a characteristic, absolutely. Yeah, Doug. Help others understand who they are. Man, I love it. I feel like you're starting to get this. Oh, yeah. Wisdom, Oh man, there's wisdom in counsel. Guess what? We have a whole group of people that can help one another here. Man, there's so many different things. All right, let me just conclude this. Um, I I wanna read a couple of verses. And again, um, listen, there are so many verses that talk about the characteristics of the family that we're in. Do you know that when you read your Bible, you'll begin to see, oh, that's me. Oh, this is a characteristic that I should have. And you begin to see that over and over. I want you to understand that um, reading the Bible is probably the most important to understanding who you are. And unfortunately, in churches today, a majority of the people do not read their Bible regularly. I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, But if I were to do anonymous survey and you were completely honest with you, a majority of the people in this room listening to me right now would say, I do not read my Bible on a regular basis. And then we wonder why we have identity issues. Because if we're not reading the word and getting an understanding of who our father sees us and how he sees us, then what are we letting influence that? how the world tells us to. You are going to be influenced by something. You are. You are going to be influenced by something. I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Get into your word. Get into your word. Read it on a regular basis. I know there's confusing things in there. I know that some of it you may not understand. Just move on and find something that you do understand. Get into your word because in your word, you're going to find your identity. Let me give you an example. Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the spirit, where does the spirit reside? in us, the fruit of the spirit, some of the things, the the manifestations of the spirit that lives in us are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things, there is no law. Against such things, there is no law. Uh, What that is basically saying to me is you don't have to live by what you can do and what you don't do if you live by these things because if you're operating in these things, then you don't have to even pay attention to a law system because you have got this inside of you. And here's the beauty, you have these characteristics in you. Again, when somebody comes up and says, tell me a little bit about you, most people tell them about where they work for 40, or 50, 60 hours. How about this? Let's change that trend here. Let's be people at Shine Church that when somebody goes, hey, tell me a little bit about you. You go, okay, well, I am full of love. I am full of patience. I am full of mercy. I'm full of gentleness. I'm full of self-care. What if we just start going through and start sharing all that? People look at you at first off and think you're nuts. But isn't that what the Bible is teaching us? If the holy spirit is in us and you all said that we get all of him then all of the fruit of him is in us oh, you getting that and if he's in us and then those attributes those characteristics are in us we just have to pay attention to those things and so instead of praying for patience you know the whole the, the whole uh, saying that says, don't pray for patience because God may give it to you. You know, hey, how about this? Don't pray for patience because you already have it. And so the prayer becomes, when you go into a situation where you need love or kindness or gentleness or patience, instead of saying, God, give me, how about this? God, I know inside of me is your complete patience for this situation. Help me to live by my spirit today and not my flesh. Help me to live from the characteristics of the family of God and not the characteristics of the family of the world. That is good. I like that. It's tough though. It's tough. But it's what our heavenly father wants us to understand. He wants us to get this. Man, I hope you chew on this message all week, all month, the rest of the year, the rest of your life. Because man, when we get this and we understand who we are in Him and how He sees us, man, it will revolutionize how we live our lives. It will change how we live our lives. Finish by saying this, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is in the passage translation. I love the way that um, they just word this section of scripture. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18, it says this, but the moment that one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. The second that you invite Jesus into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit. And all of a sudden that spiritual darkness, that veil is lifted and we can see. And then he explains, now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit because he wants us to understand that there is three parts to the Trinity and Holy Spirit is just as important as the Father and the Son. And he, the Holy Spirit, is going to reveal these things to us when that veil is lifted. And wherever he is, there is freedom. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. Now listen to what happens when that veil is removed. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Man, what that scripture is saying to me is this, that when we understand that we are born into a new family and when we begin to realize we have these inherent, characteristics that we pull in because we are just born into that family when we begin to live that way what begins to happen is we begin to become a mirror of the glory of God we begin to shine his life we begin to show the world who he is and here's the beautiful part about this none of us have to be perfect to do this Anytime we walk in the identity of who we are, the way that our Father sees us, we shine. And anytime we don't, we're reflecting back the world. And so my challenge and my question to you is, what are you shining? Are you the mirror for Christ and the characteristics of the family of God? Or are you living by the flesh? And go before the Lord and ask him to help you to go day to day and become more developed in the characteristics that he has for us. Ask Holy Spirit to reveal those things to you. Ask him to give you understanding. Ask him to give you insight into who you are and how he sees you. And you know what's interesting is when you ask that question, you'll be able to discern very quickly what's from the Lord and what's from the enemy because if there's anything that's impure, it's from the enemy. I mean, it's like this question. If I were to say, hey, just let's take a minute real quick. Does God love you? And the answer is yes. And then the doubt comes in. Well, maybe not today. I, man, you can you can discern the voice of God when you begin to seek him and ask him to speak these things to you. And I'm just asking you from my heart I hope that we'll be a people and a church that understands this, that God loves us. We have a father that wants the best for us. He is not waiting to get us. He wants us to understand the characteristics that we were born into. And he understands just like you understand with your kids, we're not perfect. And yet I'm willing to bet you still love your kids. You still want the best for your kids. You still do whatever you can for your kids. Why? Because you have love. And if we who are sinners have that kind of love, how much more does our heavenly father want this for us? Even in our imperfection, he can use us to reflect his glory. Mm. Heavenly father, we thank you so much for the fact that you've given the Holy Spirit to help us to understand our relationship that we can have with you. You've given him so that we can understand that we can claim the right to be your child. So God, I pray for every person listening to me right now. First, I pray that you would help them to understand that they have been adopted by you, that it was your great joy, Jesus, that you died on that cross so that you could pay the price for our sins, for our imperfections, for our blemishes, And God, it was your pleasure to do that because you knew that those who turned to you and recognized what you did, you knew that we would be born again and that we would begin to take on the characteristics of the new family and so lord i pray that people listening to me right now would embrace this that it wouldn't be just another good message that it wouldn't be just something that they go oh yeah that was nice but it would be something that they put deep inside of them and that they would live from that god no longer made this group of people be defined by what they do at work But Lord, help them be defined, their identity of who they are, their characteristics that make them who they are be defined by what you told us and what you said about us. God, give us a hunger for your word so that we would know what those things are even more tomorrow than we do today. God, help us to be a people that seek out your heart for us, that we would live from the identity that you've given to us, not the identity that the world wants to give to us. God, we wanna be people that understand these things, that are strong in these things, and that live by these things. And Lord, we thank you for this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, um, did my mic go out? No, can you hear it? That was, something happened with my head. Hey, as a staff, I want you to know something. This is our prayer, this is our heart, and this is what we are striving and trying to um, to, to facilitate at Shrine Church, is we want this to be a place where people can truly begin to discover who they are in Christ. And so if we can help you in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If ever we're communicating and we're sharing something from here that you don't understand, that you go, man, I, I don't get that. I'm not sure I fully follow along. Man, ask us, come to us afterwards, or even during the message, lift up your hand and say, hey, clarify that for me, because, I want this to be a place where you leave with a more understanding of who God is to you and how he sees you than when you came in. And sometimes we get into subject matter that can be confusing. Man, ask questions. Don't leave this place confused, but understand this. I truly believe this with all my heart. And I teach my foundations classes this, that the closer we get to the infinite God, the more questions we'll have. At first it's just, is there a God or is there not? When you answer that question, you actually have more questions, not less. And so if we're doing our job right, as we teach these things, it'll begin to stir in you even more questions. That's great because that's the pursuit of God. And so that's good. That's a really good thing. So, hey, you guys be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, thank you again for bringing, break- it looks like it tailed off a little bit of the snow. So safe travels to you on your way home. Uh, stop by the hub, get information for the coming things. Uh, shinechurch.life slash events for upcoming events. I want to taste those chilies and macaroni and cheeses coming up in a couple weeks. I want some good ones. So be blessed. You guys have a great week.